it's one of those things where we're going to grow as a community. We're going to learn and, you know, really focus on, you know, problems that really hit close to home. Welcome to Startup Bill, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and today we're talking with David Crossman, co-founder and CTO of Citrus and founder of Hack Regina. So much has changed in David's life in the last year that we scrapped our original interview and decided to chat with him again. He went from a solo founder spinning his tires to a co-founder speeding down the track. And the tech community that he helped build was thrown headfirst into a global pandemic. So we talked with David about his journey of perseverance as an entrepreneur and where Citrus and the Regina tech scene is headed into the future. Welcome to Startup Bill. Startup Bill is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. Hello and welcome to Startup Bill, the brand new season. And we have evolved, a bit like technology. We have come into the new age of video podcasts. If you're listening to this as normal, there's no change in what we're doing, but you do have the option to watch this as well, should you choose to do so. Although I do recommend if you're on the treadmill today, don't watch. It's going to be very distracting. Safety first. Uh, I hope that everyone is safe and as well as possible. Um, we obviously know that COVID-19 has been uh, devastating for people, devastating for uh, so many aspects of life, um, but 100%, we hope that you are in the best place possible. With me today, I have David Crossman, the co-founder and chief technology officer of Citrus and founder of of Hack Regina. Uh, David, uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, so happy to be here. <laughs> I, 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 I would like to explain to everyone that we actually did an interview. I mean, how long ago was it? Nearly a year? It would have been not last November, but the November before that. So <laughs> that was oh. at least one startup ago. That's right, because we canned a load of episodes we put them in the can we didn't bin them but we can the episodes ready to go out for the next season we recorded you that november in 19 for play out in beginning of 20 and everything went sideways and and as you mentioned uh you, you've kind of well you've moved position you've changed what you were doing um i would talk about the journey between then and now as if we had an episode that aired in that time but Tell you what, in the same way as I did in the first episode, let's let's just for the people who don't know you, just touch on your background. How did you how did you get to where you are today in the brief, you know, two minute version? So, really, uh, I started off working at IT Metrics, a software company here in Regina, um, and eventually started moving around. Uh, moved to Vivo Application Studios. Uh, and from that kind of transition, I really wanted to keep ties with people in my community. So uh, I basically kind of kicked off uh, a Slack channel, uh, kind of restarting up uh, <laughs> uh, Hack Regina. And with that kind of gained a community uh, from 
from there where there was no real boundaries of which company you worked at. And it started off just with me and my friends. And then from that, uh, we kind of expanded out and now we're over 450 people in the Slack channel itself. So it's been a crazy journey within that, uh, helping out with community events, uh, with Regina Open Door Society, uh, kind of meeting founders uh, within Cultivator, even just meeting my current co-founder. Uh, and yeah, it's been a crazy journey, kind of dipping my toes and then fully leaping into the startup world. So if I remember correctly, you you were with, you, you, were, you had your startup at the time, it was Toolshed, which was a, a, to me a brilliant idea. Um, what, and actually I should say for, for those that don't know, uh, what was Toolshed, the elevator pitch? So, uh, one of the biggest problems with renovations or do-it-yourself projects is you go out, you buy the tool, you use it once and it sits and collects dust in your garage. Uh, this application basically allows you to rent and lend tools similar to an Airbnb model. Uh, really kind of promoting the share economy and uh, kind of, you know, encouraging minimalism and, you know, helping you get the tools that you need to get the job done. <laughs> so, and and you absolutely don't have to answer this if you don't want, but in your journey from Toolshed and, and that to, to me, which seems a solid idea, you know, we're seeing it with RV. Uh, RV Easy or RVZ, however they say it, with RV Rental or Sharing and Airbnb and VRBO and all of those. Um, what was the what was the decision? What was the uh, reason for moving away from that? Was it COVID hit? Was it the wrong time? Was it investors didn't get it? What was what was the moment to make you pivot? For me, it was actually uh, really on that moment. <laughs> actually back when we kind of talked last uh my mental health was at an all-time low uh i was a solo founder pushing things towards there i was working really unhealthy hours um and really i think one of the biggest issues was i was putting myself kind of in this position and it was very difficult to do alone um being a solo founder is very tough uh doing a business to consumer app is very tough. Uh, this is my first go at it. And I think like I hit that breaking point where I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't exercising. I was working 12 hour days, seven days a week. Um, and I needed a reset <laughs> to, to say the least. But yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of what led me to actually meeting my current co-founder was I was at the point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I'd be even willing to go back to pumping gas at co-op gas stations like I was at 16. I just didn't want to do what I was doing. I was just very unhappy. Um, and I actually just went for coffee uh, with my uh, co-founder, Andrew. And it was kind of like one of those things where I have a couple things I want to try before completely giving up. I had a 
hey, this is the one last hurrah. If, if I can, you know, start seeing an uptick in users and all that, then okay, maybe it's worth keeping going. But I had that cutoff moment. And basically it was January last year that I made the transition to Citrus uh, coming into the CTO position. Could I ask you, and and I think this is beneficial because we don't often we don't often talk about feelings. We don't often talk about the reality of the pressures that come with being a founder, a solo founder, someone who is being the technical side, the the brand side, the set, the sales guy, the new business person, the the marketeer of it all, all wrapped into one, and how that does affect us as human beings. Uh, one of our most popular episodes from earlier seasons were where people actually spoke about you know uh, recognizing the moment of recognizing that there is an issue affecting health and i'll move on very shortly but i'm i'm particularly interested in the moment when you realized that for you in that pathway it wasn't healthy the one thing that people have said to me is that they almost you know they want to give it a go they want to give it the best shot possible but they almost end up and and this may or may not be the situation for you they almost end up um fooling themselves over how how um how good they're feeling in their wellness it's like, of course, I can plug in with this. It's got to be done. It's got to, it's got to move forwards. It's got to happen. And at the point when there is that moment of recognition, there's a sense of not mourning that the project's gone, but a sense of relief that you can breathe again and that you don't have to have this facade. Uh, did you experience anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I poured my heart into Toolshed. And definitely it was one of those moments where it's just like, I need this transition because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you love what you're doing, but it's like, you need to make these changes or else it's just not gonna work. I, I knew immediately after the first week of working with Citrus, I could be passionate, but still limit myself to a reasonable point. And I was delivering way past expectations. Like it was one of those things where I think my expectations, when I limit it to myself, I can to the moon because I want to deliver the most beautiful product. I want to deliver something that people will love, will enjoy, and will share. But I think it's also one of those things where especially in the software world, feedback is good. And when you're kind of working in your own solo kind of world, it's very hard to do that. Now, that being said, you should be getting your feedback from clients and all that. But if you're in those early stages where you're just trying to grab clients and, you know, move away from, hey, it's just our friends and family using it. Um, it's definitely, I think, a very you can almost become this kind of isolated kind of thing where it's like you're kind of just trugging along because you know you want it to work, but it's one of those moments where I think I just kind of hit that point and 
when I moved to Citrus, I was passionate about my work. I was able to do the things that I love to do and, you know, pour my heart out into my product, but then also have a healthy balance where I had more personality than my work. Um, I could talk about things other than work. Um, I felt like when I was working with Toolshed, literally all I could talk about, because I would basically the only socializing I would get, uh, and we are talking about socializing in today's world, but the only socializing I would get is going to cultivator events or like <laughs> almost work-related events. Um, and it was a very kind of toxic feeling. And I think just being more aware of that um, came huge. And then even just practicing, <laughs> hey, what am I thinking about? Can I stop thinking about work? Can I get back in the moment? Um, probably one of the biggest things I do now is watch a movie and don't look at my phone. Be there for the movie and just totally disconnect from everything else. You're not focusing on that. You're focusing on the characters, what they're doing. And, you know, this past year, definitely <laughs> with escaping into Netflix and all the other ones, Amazon Prime and uh, Disney Plus, it's one of those things where it's just like completely disconnect. And it's a hard thing to learn. Uh, it's definitely something you need to practice. <laughs> I'm so glad you've come to this side of the journey um, for you, for your health, for the opportunities that lie ahead. And and you're right, when when you're so caught in the depths of something, no matter how much you believe it, no how no matter how much you you believe in yourself, there's a moment where you, you can't breathe so well. You can't um you know, you can't focus on a movie and, and you can't see the beautiful narrative arc. And, and I'm sorry, it's your choice to watch Marley and me. I'm not judging. Um, <laughs> is that slander? I'm not sure. Okay. The, the lawyer's off to the side. Um, so you joined Citrus as co-founder and CTO. Uh, give us a little background uh, on uh, Citrus and um, the people that you're working with. Yeah, so I'm very fortunate to work with uh, Andrew, my co-founder. He's also one of the founders of Hoop Life basketball uh, programs. And it's really kind of awesome in this kind of way because we've actually both have a background with kind of helping out with youth programs. So uh, I, for the last couple of years, have been helping out with MSI Computer Camp. And uh, we both know the pains of running a, a camp, whether it's, hey, do you have this parent's information? Do you have this kid's details? Uh, just being like, okay, who's paid, who hasn't? Uh, it, it is a logistical nightmare. <laughs> so uh, it's, it was really uh, a great opportunity and we work so well together. Uh, it's one of those things where I can lead the product, I can lead the technology and all that. Um, and the things that you know I don't really love to do, which is like the sales, maybe more or less I can just sum it up with the extroverted things. Uh, I'm a very much introverted, but uh, I can do extroverted things. It just takes 
all the energy out of me and then I'm useless for the day. So if all the, the best things that we can kind of work together and really grow citrus out, it's one of the things where at Toolshed, I was burning myself out trying to do these out, outreaching sales and try to get people moving in with marketing. But thanks to Andrew, it's one of those things where he, he lives for that. That's, that's his bread and butter. And then I can stick to, you know, developing a product that I'm proud of. And it's been a, a pretty crazy journey this past year, uh, especially with youth programs and <laughs> the, the whole world kind of shutting down. But it's definitely something where we're even thriving in a very weird environment. <laughs> so looking at uh, what Citrus does is one thing. How does Citrus do this? Is it through a, a platform? Uh, it, how, does it, how does it work, the, the summary version? Yeah, so as of today, uh, we basically have a web platform that uh, youth programs can uh, host their camps uh, and then simply provide parents with a uh, spot to register. Uh, we help them with collecting information, uh, whether it be uh, medical history or uh, any allergies, anything that a youth program might need to know uh, when you know uh, running their program. And so we manage all that and uh, basically kind of organize it in an easy fashion for the organizers to do their jobs. Uh, basically our goal at the end of the day is uh, for organizers to spend less time organizing and more focus on you know the kids in the program. Because uh, that's why most people do these things is, hey, it's, you know, it's awesome when you get to see a kid learn something completely new and absolutely thrive at it. Uh, I I personally love that. <laughs> oh, it's it's so rewarding to know that that's actually a, a a brick in building that those base elements of of uh, a child's future, the foundation that they can build from and build that confidence and that skill set and get them help them experience things uh, and be a part of that journey, no matter how small. It's it's really helpful, and the fact that you're helping people do that is uh is fantastic you know my my children they're involved in different activities and there's the form for this there's the form for that there's the liability form there's the um lists for bringing things and there's the uh, participation lists and have they done this have they done that then allergy to make it easier for youth leaders and project leaders to actually deliver these camps is a is a wonderful wonderful thing because these people are you know giving their time or you know in 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 the paid sector they're they're trying to put together something which really delivers value um full stop um so let's be frank covid19 and and camps and gathering people together i'm sure that it's been challenging um on on one hand it must be good and I, i'm guessing it must be good that the fact that you're not there on your own 
you work with other people and you have that ability to speak openly and frankly to share any burdens, fears, any any reticence about the situation. But on the other hand, when you create a platform like this, I, I'm guessing that it also has application to virtual camps. Definitely. Um, one of the first things when kind of COVID hit was, hey, can we start offering something that would be able to, you know, provide in a youth camp? So like, without diving too deep into it, like we looked at Zoom integrations and all that, really at the end of the day, all we kind of added is just the ability to be like, hey, this is an online camp and provide the link to, you know, whether it's Google Meets, Zoom, whichever it may be. Uh, it's the easy, quick solution. And then only provide that link to the people that have registered or paid. Um, so that's kind of how we've kind of op opened up that kind of route. Um, we didn't want to dive too deep because it was just like, hey, we don't even know what people are doing. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it's been a kind of interesting kind of perspective because um, early on, we actually kind of hosted our own kind of webinar series and just kind of got people together talking about, hey, how are people operating? How are people coping with this? It almost was, also, weirdly enough, kind of like a support group, but uh, kind of readily available. And it's definitely one of those things where you'll see kind of the trends in, you know, overnight camps or just general day camps just kind of being like, hey, we're going to put it on pause. There's a few that are offering online content, but I think a lot of people are just like, hey, let's like, in my opinion, a lot of the things that are kind of happening, if it's, you know, a side job or a volunteer position, everybody else is already kind of at stress capacity, in my opinion. So it's definitely one of those things where hey, if we put this on pause, I don't think anybody's going to worry too much or be like, oh, why aren't you doing this? <laughs> but it's definitely one of those things where I think a lot of people have kind of pushed that way. Sports camps, on the other hand, uh, we've actually seen, uh, basically, they've followed the guidelines. They're following all those pieces uh, to operate. Um, just because it is one of those things where kids need to be active, uh, whether, you know, it's online training, uh, that Hoopla's offering right now, um, or it's, you know, hey, we have this set of groups, we wear masks, it's very that. Now, the thing is, we can't really, our clients are kind of outside of that, but really we offer the tool set if they need to move to online, uh, if they need to do refunds, anything like that, it's all built into our system. Um, and yeah, it's definitely one of those things where we kind of had to change where we were, uh, kind of going into the year. Like I came in in January, uh, and we were planning to go roll out a beta in the summer, uh, with some summer camps and, uh, definitely a curveball kind of hit us. And we, we ended up still running our beta and actually had a pretty successful uptick of like we had four clients and we processed I think over 400 customers total and it's 
been a crazy year for even just us kind of testing our product, getting the feedback uh, and all of that, which has really kind of set us up for this year, which I like to think of this year just with a glimmer of hope <laughs> and optimism. Um, and with that being said, I think uh, the timing of everything just really kind of assisted us with, hey, we're going to come out strong. We were able to get feedback. Now, this month, we're looking to kind of soft launch and just open it up to any youth programs. So if you want to run online camps, you could do so. And, you know, as people plan for, you know, our reopening, whenever that may be, I'm trying to be optimistic, but I'm a realist as well. <laughs> but, you know, I think as we kind of open up the world, we're going to be able to provide uh, these kind of services and even kind of adapt as we reopen. Because like, you know, with the ability of registration, uh, we're also going to eventually offer check-ins and ensuring who's attendance. So contact tracing becomes a lot easier when you have a digital <laughs> actual uh, history of it. So I, I think kind of the optimistic kind of way of what we had this last year is it was a great year for us to, you know, I would say kind of get ahead during a period where the world was on pause. Uh, we were able to kind of get ready and, you know, ready for when things start to reopen, when camps and youth programs start to evaluate, hey, what's this next year going to look like? Uh, I think we're going to be almost at that perfect timing for that. I'm really interested by one thing that you said moved on from. I love the idea of this being an ideal beta period for you. That's brilliant. But the thing that really interested me was the piece of the way you went and we held webinars and we brought people together. I'm getting this sense, and, and partly from your establishment of Hack Regina, that community building and connecting people is important to you. Huge. I, I think, like, you know, <laughs> it, it takes a village to raise a kid. I think, you know, it takes a village to, you know, a community to build companies, to build uh, individuals. I, I think it's huge within, you know, the communities that we see today uh, with Collabs Cultivator, the, the progress that we can make, uh, learning together, learning and sharing our experiences is huge. I'm so appreciative to it. And I try to carry that, and as you said, in each part of my life, because I think it really shapes who and what we can do. So, just moving from that, and, and that comes down to your belief set and values, which shine through, which I salute you for, especially in, in this time where community is more important than ever, supporting each other, um, you know, taking responsibility for each other and, and so on. Uh, with Hack Regina, as 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 I remember going into the pandemic itself, you were you had a lot of momentum. How did that change? How did the online interactions change with each other? It definitely, I think, um, 
has changed. I think we do still offer webinars. It's more or less on a, hey, you have something to share? We'll give you a time slot. We'll give you, you know, uh, a podium to speak on and, you know, we'll cast it out to the Zoomverse. Um, and it's, it's been pretty good in that sense. I think people just chatting, people kind of getting introduced. I, I hope for Hack Regina, it's one of those places where, you know, we're unable to, you know, get together for a hackathon or go to these social events uh, to meet new people, to talk to new employers. Um, so definitely, I, I hope it's a ground where people feel comfortable coming in, talking. Uh, there's still quite a bit of participation. Uh, it, it is some of the same names over and over, but uh, definitely, I think like our community is still growing. I still see day uh, by day. I'll, I'll pause you there. Yeah. I'll pause you there because sometimes there's a feeling in um, collaborative groups, associations, uh, gatherings, whatever you want to call them, that, you know, okay, it's the same, same people, but that's the basis of what is community which is wonderful that they do come back and they do bring that strength and there is that loyalty to the community in that sense sorry carry on no and it is definitely that and like i think it was a, a week or so back i was just like hey what's everyone up to like <laughs> i asked like hey like where are you working are you working on anything cool that you want to share like and you know it's one of those things where I got probably a dozen responses and it's like, awesome. Like, cause I wouldn't have gotten that otherwise. And it would have been just like, Oh, he's working at X company. Cool. Uh, but it was definitely one of those things where uh, it's like, Oh, we're working on this. We have this coming out. And it's like, Oh, super exciting. Um, and like, it, it is almost one of those kind of just, drop a line conversations where it's like, hey, what's people doing, right? Like, I know it's so easy to just kind of like read through and kind of like work, but I'm curious, like, you know, what are people up to? Are people in university? Are people still exploring this? Uh, have people switched jobs? Because it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to see you in an office uh, <laughs> space. So it's definitely, uh, it's awesome to really, uh, kind of see the participation there. And then even just like uh, on particular technology stacks like uh, React.js, we have a specific channel and the conversation just kind of rolls. And, you know, as new things come out, uh, we kind of talk about that. I think a couple months back, we actually had like a weekly end of week, hey, like anybody want to talk about it and just kind of get together, hang out, uh, which was, Kind of fun in that sense uh in this new way of socializing and uh <laughs> just getting together for uh, a zoom call <laughs> i i appreciate entirely when you say about the lack of the organic collisions when you're walking down a corridor you bump into someone or you're a cultivator or wherever and you see people and you go oh, you know cool the talk as we used to call it back in the 80s uh, now it's just kind of I have no idea what the modern equivalent is. I, I'm sure we still have water coolers. Um, but the idea of having a core, a core to it, rather than 
you know, if I phoned up or sent a message to a few friends, they basically say, yeah, yeah, same old job, one-liners. But the ability to have uh, Hack Regina as an entity and bring people together is really important for the core of community. Um, uh, before I let you go, um, firstly, I'd uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on where the Regina ecosystem is heading right now. I think Regina, like despite the setbacks of the pandemic, I think we're still growing more than ever. Um, with you know, cultivator maturing more and more and taking more within their start cohort program. Um, it's, it's one of those things where we're going to see more and more people getting passionate about getting into software, uh, you know, interacting at these places. Uh, it's super exciting to see these companies, even the ones that are continuing to grow, continuing to shift uh, in this kind of uh, new age. And I think, you know, with challenges breeds innovation. So I think it's always something where people are going to shift, they're going to change. And I love it um, because it's one of those things where we're going to grow as a community, we're going to learn and, you know, really focus on, you know, problems that really hit close to home. Um, and it's super exciting to see all the things that are kind of popping up uh, in Regina and companies are continuing to grow despite <laughs> economic challenges. And I, I love that for our company. I love that for our community. I love that for even just individuals that are students in the community that are, you know, just new. Uh, it's super exciting to see what it's kind of changed into. And even looking back would have been two years, uh, like that almost pre-Cultivator kind of was a secret kind of era. It's so exciting to see it really get the light and, you know, the attention it deserves. Uh, David, I'm over the moon and thank you so much for joining us here on Startupville. The uh, thing that I would like to ask you for right now is how people could indeed get in touch with you. Yeah, uh, you can always uh, hit me up uh, on Twitter, DJ Crossman, uh, or look me up on LinkedIn. I'm there. Uh, if you want to hit me up directly, uh, hit my email, uh, david at crossman.io. Uh, <laughs> I'm always open to, you know, have a coffee, all that kind of stuff, meet more people in the community. So, yeah. David, thank you so much for joining us here on Startupville. Thanks for having me. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at WeTellYourStories.ca. The show is produced by me, Mike Wolsfeld, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from GG Riggs and Reactor Productions. Learn more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupville and find us on Facebook and Twitter at Startupville Pod. See you next time on Startupville.